Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. The state senator who made national news by making very inappropriate sexual comments to a young female reporter last week now faces a sexual harassment complaint, and it comes from one of his Senate colleagues. Senator Mallory McMorrow says that Senator Pete Lucido touched her in an uncomfortable way and made inappropriate comments about her looks. She joins us now to talk about it. Senator, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So put us on the Senate floor where this happened when you introduced yourself to Pete Lucido, one of your colleagues, after you were elected in 2018. What happened? Yeah, so this was uh, November 8th, 2018, and it was actually in the the Senate office building in one of the committee rooms during new senator orientation. Hmm. So they invited us all out, uh, and I was meeting my colleagues for the first time. We were learning how to set up our offices what our budget allotments were, and and, uh, actually had sexual harassment training that day. Uh, And during a break, I walked over to introduce myself to then House member Pete Lucido, Mm -hmm. uh, and he shook my hand and then put his other hand very, very low on my back with his fingers grazing my hip and my upper rear and, and held it there. So it was like he was having a conversation while holding his arm around me. Uh, We exchanged some back and forth. He asked where I was from. I said Royal Oak. Um, And he said, who who did you run against? And I responded, I beat uh, Marty Nolenberg, my then opponent. And he kind of pulled back and and looked me up and down, raised his eyebrows and and said, I can see why, Um, which the implication I took was, you know, you you won because of what you look like. Hmm. And give us an idea of why what happened made you feel uncomfortable. One of the things that I've seen since you announced that you were going to make this complaint yesterday is a lot of people on social media and other places saying, well, maybe that was inappropriate, but he didn't mean anything by it. He wasn't being aggressive. He wasn't being wildly inappropriate. But I think for people who aren't ever in that situation, if you're not a woman and can't know what it's like to be treated that way by a man, if you're white and don't know what it's like to be treated differently because of your race, it's sometimes difficult to understand why situations like this actually have an impact on people. Can you help listeners understand why this made you feel the way it did? Absolutely. And, and you know, I first want to give you know, all of the the credit and thoughts to people who have gone through significantly worse sexual harassment and and assault incidents. And this is not to take away from the gravity of those situations at all. Um, But it did make me feel very uncomfortable, number one, because it was close proximity. This is a man who I didn't know, who his immediate reaction when meeting me was to, to hold my body um, and have a conversation that was strictly about my looks. I had just come off of a year and a half of a campaign. I had quit my job to run for office. We ran in an incredibly tight race in what was one of the most competitive races in the state, if not the country, and none of that mattered. You know, it was in an instant, it just made me feel very small and, and looked at like a piece of meat. Um, and since then, uh, I've gotten to know people here. And, and I think when Allison Donahue's story, the reporter came out last week, 
the sense was nobody was surprised by it. Um, so while I was very new at that moment, I, I wanted to help show and lend validity to a pattern of behavior. You're referring, of course, to Allison Donahue of the Michigan Advance, who's the female reporter who wrote about what Pete Lucido, the senator from Macomb County, uh, said to her last week. Um, I, I wonder if you can talk a little about why you didn't say something to Pete Lucido at the time or why you didn't file a complaint at the time that this happened. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it goes to your earlier question. You know, this was something that, that at the time, it was uncomfortable and awkward and degrading. Um, but I made the internal calculations to myself at the time. I'm a brand new member of the legislature. I've never been in office before. I'm meeting these people for the first time. I am the youngest woman ever elected to the Michigan Senate, so definitely the youngest person in the room, and a woman and a member of the minority party. And I knew that many of the people I'm working with campaigned actively against me. They raised funds against me and, frankly, didn't want me to be there. So I knew I had to build relationships with my colleagues to be effective in my job, to pass bills, to serve the people that I was elected to represent. So at the time, it was one of those things. And, and, you know, women and minorities and people in any lower positions of power make these calculations every day um, when when things happen. And I was speaking to a woman yesterday who said, you know, if, if we sounded the alarm every time somebody did something untoward to us, women wouldn't have any jobs to go to. Hmm. So uh, why come forward now? What What inspired you? to file this complaint now? Yeah, and it, it was a hard decision, but I watched um, Allison Donahue's story hit last week, and as soon as I saw the way she described it making her feel, that it made her feel small and insignificant, I immediately flashed back to that day during new senator orientation and felt the same way. So I felt a weight of partial responsibility, thinking, you know, had I said something at the time, maybe this wouldn't have happened to Allison. And I worked through the weekend and was just going to file a report so there was something on record to show a pattern of behavior, and I wasn't planning on talking about it publicly. Um, But then Senator Lucido's response to Allison was first to not deny what he had said to her, then to put out a Twitter statement Um, apologizing for her being offended, which is not an actual apology. And by the end of the weekend, he was speaking to reporters from Fox 2 and said, she's a journalist, she might have an ulterior motive, it doesn't matter what I said, it's how she misinterpreted what she wanted to hear. And to completely flip the situation and paint himself as the victim instead of taking stock and ownership and just apologizing. An entire week went by and he never called Allison Donahue to apologize. So I knew I had a story that could lend credibility to, to her story um, and I, I couldn't not uh, report that at the time. I'm talking with State Senator Mallory McMorrow, who is filing a sexual harassment complaint against one of her colleagues, State Senator Pete Lucido, who made national news recently by making really inappropriate sexual comments to a young female reporter. McMorrow says Lucido touched her in an uncomfortable way and made inappropriate comments about her looks when they met in 2018. I want to talk a little about how power works 
in Lansing uh, yeah. and how power works in many, many workplaces, I think. Uh, you and State Senator Lucido are technically equals. You were right. both elected by people in your districts to represent them in Lansing. To some people, that would say there should not have been any hesitation on your part. You should not have felt intimidated by what he did, and you should have felt comfortable speaking up because, well, you're the same. But can you talk about how that doesn't translate into reality in places like Lansing, that that just because you are equal on paper, you are not necessarily equal in the way that things unfold for you and other people in the dynamics between you and other members of the chamber? Yeah, you know, I think there's there's power based on your title. And in that sense, yes, Senator Lucido and I have the same job. Um, but there's also power in how long you've been here, what committees you serve on, what party you're in. And, and it, it magnifies many of the power dynamics that exist in other workplaces because, you know, he, he was voted and, and won 2019 Legislator of the Year from a political publication here in Lansing, which was largely based on the number of bills he was able to pass. And many of the things that he did work on were excellent. They were bipartisan. It was criminal justice reform issues that were much needed, but it sets up a culture where we're comfortable turning a blind eye to how people are treated so long as people are, quote-unquote, effective. And, you know, even though we are the same on paper, I don't chair a committee. I'm in the minority party. I'm brand new here. I don't have the years of relationships built in Lansing that he does. And, you know, I have never had a committee hearing on any of my bills, um, which is just, you know, because I flipped a district and I'm a minority member of uh, the minority party, that that is how it works. And I'm working really hard to build those relationships. But there is a difference between, even though it says senator in front of our names, um, the actual power that, that we hold in Lansing. So, so that power dynamic is something that shapes your experience all the time then in your job. It is. I mean, everything here, I've got to think about, am I going to be able to move this bill? There are many things that I want to work on that, frankly, I think about, should I give this to somebody else and not put my name on it? Because if my name is on a bill, I, I know it's likely not going to get a hearing. Um, and that's a calculation we have to make. But then there's also the political calculation. Is this going to be used against me in a campaign? What does this mean for my chances at reelection, which you know impacts my staff? Because if I'm not here again, they're not here. So there's all of these calculations that go into every decision you make, which is why you know, in November of 2018, I made the calculation that I did, because I came here to do a job. This is not the news that I want to be making. I want to be talking about the issues that, that impact my residents. And for those of us who pay a lot of attention to what goes on in Lansing and know the principal actors in the legislature uh, or in other parts of government, uh, these kinds of dynamics you're describing aren't terribly surprising. These are things we've heard about before. Um, I, I, I wonder if you can talk about the way in which those dynamics affect policymaking, not just the way that people interact in Lansing, but the kinds of things they interact about. Yeah, you know, it's, it's something that, and I come from a district that is probably one of the most purple in the state. It was held by my predecessor, who was a Republican, I'm a Democrat, um, but it's fairly even. And 
it really is up to the majority party to set the agenda in Lansing. So it becomes very partisan, and they decide what bills get taken up, what they want to work on, and anything else kind of falls to the wayside. So, you know, I've been speaking to legislators from other states, and there are a couple states where they require every single bill introduced to have a hearing. That's not the case here in Michigan. So there are a lot of bills that get introduced that are really good and are responding to the needs of people we represent that will just never even have a debate, let alone make it to the floor for a vote. What do you think should happen to Senator Lucido because of this complaint? Yeah, and, and I will say I'm, I'm leaving that really in the hands of the leadership. I did call Senator Shirky um, the night before the story broke, and, and I wanted him to hear it from me first. So I'm leaving it really in the hands of uh, the Senate leadership and the Senate business office who will be doing an investigation. But my hope in coming forward was that I understand that I am in a position of power. Um, I technically do not work for the Senate. I'm independent. Um, and, and knew that I had some protection that maybe some other people who are staffers or journalists or who work in maintenance in the building or who are even visiting the Capitol may not have. So my hope was that by, by coming forward myself, it might empower others to do the same. Um, I've heard no shortage of stories of, of people in and around Lansing who have experienced harassment and assault and the culture needs to change. So, you know, there, there's a difference between ignorance and malice, something that's done intentionally to make you feel greater than somebody else. And I hope we can start to create a culture where we can acknowledge when we make mistakes, especially in a hyper-partisan climate, um, but that there is respect for this place as a workplace and that we don't tolerate anybody leveraging their position of power to make anybody else feel small. Have you heard from Senator Lucido since this story broke? I, I have not, unfortunately. You know, I, I saw the quote that he gave to Cranes, um, categorically denying that this happened and, and claiming that it's politically motivated, um, which, you know, I, I read that and, and it's obscene. There is no calculation where this is beneficial to my political career. And if you look at the history of women coming forward with harassment or assault, it's been damaging to their career. So, but this was a, a, a risk that I knew I wanted to take on. I've heard from other women uh, privately that the exact same thing has happened to them. They told me that my story was eerily similar to what they'd experienced. Um, so if I can help with, make this... With up, Senator Lucido. Correct, yes. Okay. Mallory McMorrow, state senator from Royal Oak. It was really great to have you here on Detroit Today. Stephen, thank you so much. Up next, we're going to talk about automation and artificial intelligence and the roles that they are playing in Michigan's workforce. Stay with us on Detroit Today.